Blog Talk Radio. Or, or the refrigerator or whatever, 
uh, and buying it and walking on home and medicating their chickens, uh, all that's going to end very soon, my friends, uh, January 1st, 2017. So what Peter thought we would do uh, today, since we've already had uh, Maurice Patisky come on and, and share uh, a list really of drugs uh, that are, uh, seem to be very popular with the backyard folks and, and things that we're used to doing and why it's taking place and the whole goal, Peter's going to come on today and he's going to share maybe some uh, possible uh, alternatives to using these water-soluble antibiotics. So, because uh, face it, we've talked about it on the show. We've beaten this dead horse many times. Uh, is this good or bad? Okay, it may be good for the longevity of superbugs. You know, we, we use antibiotics too much in, in our daily lives. I remember back as a paramedic working at a dock in the box, uh, urgent care, and oh my gosh, every single person who came in, whether they needed it or not, shot, 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 antibiotic, 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 simple cold, doctor, you know, it's a, oh, just, it makes them feel good that we're, that we're trying to do something for them or it may help them. Um, hello, superbugs, antibiotic-resistant uh, bacteria. And so that's really, I think, the, the snowball here that's, that's, um, that has the FDA doing this. Uh, and, and are the backyard small flock folks responsible for the superbugs? Well, you're just going to have to answer that question yourself. But the the issue is we are falling into this category now. Instead of saying, well, if you have a flock of over 50,000, or if you have a flock over 3,000, if you have a flock over 1,000, then it's going to be prescription only. But if you have less than 1,000, less than 500, less than 300, you can still buy all these uh, over the counter. Not the case. Whether you have six birds or 600,000, uh, a lot of these water-soluble antibiotics are now going to be prescription only. The good, maybe, maybe, it's a stretch, uh, that if people choose to go to their vets, water-soluble antibiotics that they've been wanting and, and have been using to treat their birds on their own, uh, it may, in a roundabout way, uh, require, it may uh, have these veterinarians that don't normally treat chickens, haven't had much interest in treating chickens, don't know much about chickens, to do a little research. Hey, I've got all these chicken keepers coming to me wanting me to uh, prescribe antibiotics for their backyard flock. I best uh, take some continuing ed classes on this. Maybe I'll sign up for a uh, basic um, uh, poultry science class, or maybe I need to do a little research on my downtime to find out about taking care of chickens uh, before I start prescribing meds for chickens. So in a roundabout way, could there be a positive uh, outcome for this? Maybe on that end. But the negative also is how many people who are responsible, I'll use that term uh, loosely, uh, and, and are used to treating their chickens on their own by buying a, a bag of powdered antibiotics they're going to mix in the water, um, and are doing it effectively when and only when needed. Uh, how many now are not going to be able to treat their chickens properly or uh, are not going to do it because of that vet bill uh, because now they have to get a prescription. Who knows if they're used to buying this bag of medication for 8 bucks and now it's 28 bucks just because of the monster of what it is. You never know. So it could be some good, could be some bad, um, and we'll just see what happens. And so I know a lot of people now are going out <laughs> and, and stockpiling uh, their favorite antibiotics that they're using uh, just to have on hand. Look at the shelf life. Uh, I couldn't tell you what they are for any of the antibiotics that are going to be um, uh, deemed prescription only come January 2017. But but it's coming, folks. And uh, so today, again, 
Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, is going to share with us maybe some uh, uh, different alternatives to uh, using those antibiotics to help our backyard flock. Some may be used and deemed as a preventative. Some may be deemed as maybe a possible uh, alternative treatment. So, so we'll get that today when Peter calls in here in just a few uh, minutes. Big news um, shared with you. If you follow me on Facebook, you already know partially what I'm going to say, uh, and that is I'm very honored, very pleased, very blessed uh, to share with you that I, uh, in the next week, uh, will be getting the contract sent to me, uh, which I do anticipate signing very honorably and gladly. And, and But um, we have a negotiated a deal with my current publisher, uh, Quarry Books, and it's really a two-part book deal. Uh, the first part of the book deal is an official, uh, yep, an official second edition of my current book, The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens. And so we're going to shoot to have that completely done, completely revised, an official second edition um, to that book. Uh, it's five-year anniversary is coming up, September uh, of this year. That book will have been out for five years, so it is due for a second edition and an update. Some things will be coming out. Some things will be going in, maybe a couple of even new chapters on biosecurity and uh, some others. So um, we're hoping to have that second edition uh, revision completed. So it will be going to print and being released to all the folks that carry our book. Thank you so much to Lowe's, uh, Tractor Supply carries the book, um, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, Amazon. You can find it everywhere. Second edition will be coming out the beginning, hopefully, of next year. So uh, all the new chicken keepers and uh, even more uh, experienced chicken keepers that want a good second edition book uh, out for next spring. And then, like I said, a double whammy here, double book deal. Uh, it was approved. We're just waiting for the contract to come in and sign the paperwork. A fact or chicken poop book. Yet you knew it was going to be uh, coming sooner or later with the popularity of the uh, fact or chicken poop website and how needed that is. And so same thing with Cory Books. Uh, we don't have an exact name yet, the Chicken Whisperer's Fact or Chicken Poop Collection, Volume 1 because we know there's a lot of poop out there that is uh, spread on these blogs and forums. So um, there may be more than one volume of this. But, uh, wow, I'm really excited about this. So I'm starting to, uh, in my mind and on, on paper, uh, get uh, my, uh, let's call them what they are, team of experts, team of specialists uh, involved in, in this book, and very excited, and uh, I, I don't know, <laughs> it reminds me kind of like the books that are the the, the tell-all, uh, exposed, and that type of thing. But I don't think we'll get into naming the blogs or the bloggers that are spreading this uh, crap all over the world. Um, and uh, But it'll be or, or, or the actual chicken forum. But at least we'll have the material from those, and you'll be able to put two and two together when you're reading that blog and say, I think I just saw this in Andy's book. Um I think this was being chicken poop, um, so uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. And that actually, we'll have a little bit of time to work on that because we're looking and, and hoping for a, a release on that uh, spring of 2018. So spring of spring 2017, the official second edition of the Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, and then 2000 spring of 18, uh, the release of the Chicken Whisperer's Factor Chicken Poop book. So uh, again, the, the deal's been negotiated. 
and I'm just waiting for the uh, contract to be printed and sent to me to sign, and then we'll get starting to work on doing more books. Um, and uh, we, we love that. We love getting the right information out there in the hands of people that want it. There are some people that don't want it. Um, they don't. Uh, they don't really care. So um, they can keep doing what they're doing. That's perfectly fine. But those of you who actually want to uh, the information to appear for your backyard flock um, and have the healthiest backyard flock, then uh, you have something to look forward to, and I do too. Another thing to look forward to, folks, the summer issue of Chicken Whisper Magazine will be going to printers at the end of this week. The whole issue, it's, it's really our summer uh, summer fun time, um, let's just call it what it is, barbecue issue. So I know it's not going to appeal to everyone, okay? I know some of you wouldn't dream about barbecuing your pet chickens in your backyard, and I totally understand and get that, but there's an awful lot of you that do. A lot of you thought you never would and now are doing it, okay? You have two flocks. You have your pet flock that are named and wear sweaters and have, you know, uh, uh, treats, and then you've got your meat birds that you don't get attached to, but you're providing your family with a good, nutritious protein source right from your backyard. Okay, The summer issue, haven't done this before in the last two and a half years of, of publish, publishing this magazine, but this whole summer issue, there's an article on the most popular or, or the best meat bird, meat breeds. Okay, uh, we got a really wonderful young lady who's doing an article on that, uh, best breeds for meat. Uh, we've got an article about how to raise meat birds. We have an article about how to process meat birds. We have an article about diseases and, and clues to look when you're processing the meat birds that say, no, no, I'm not going to process this one. I'm not going to put this on my plate uh, from Dr. Petiski. We've got an re official review of a brand-new product that's just come on the market, the Yard Bird Chicken Plucker, a great review from, from Lisa uh, on that product. We're giving away an all-new, brand-new, $500 retail value yard bird chicken plucker to one of our readers. Uh, we've got the deep show artwork in there. We've got a great from the editor piece from me that covers, uh, wow, lots of different information. And um, see if there's anything else that I missed. This is going to be a great issue. So uh, you look forward to that. If you subscribe to the digital edition, it will be headed to your email. If you subscribe to the print edition, it will be headed to your mailbox. And I, I'm assuming that it will be out uh, by the end of next week because I think it will go to printers by the end of this week. we got a holiday in there, of course. And then, uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that at least the digital edition will be out by next Saturday. Uh, in your email boxes, and then uh, soon after that, if you subscribe to the print, it'll be in your mailbox. So uh, that's some big news that we've got going on. Um, big holiday weekend coming up. I always tell folks, um, you know as I, you 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 know as well as I, that this weekend is not about barbecues. It's not a it's not about getting together with friends. It's not about having a day off from work. Uh, it's not about watching baseball. It's not about any of that. You may do some of that to help celebrate the holiday. The holiday itself is about being Memorial Day. Uh, it is a, about remembering those who gave the ultimate sacrifice uh, for our country. A lot of people get it mixed up with people who are currently alive and serving um, and those who served and, and died while serving um, to keep us free 
as a country. So uh, Memorial Day again this uh, this Monday, and um, so so think about that when you're enjoying your holiday of what the holiday is actually all about. And I say that because this is our last show before uh, Monday, and then we will return. Um, I think next Tuesday and Thursday as well at 2 p.m. But anyway, so, th- so think about that. You know that, I know that, but it's always a good reminder um, about what this holiday is all about. So our, our uh, hats off uh, to all of the folks that gave the ultimate sacrifice so I can sit here and <laughs> have, have a, a wonderful career um, doing what I love uh, in, uh, in this wonderful country. So keep that in mind. So, uh, hey, we've got Peter Brown today. We're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to bring him on. During the commercial break, get that pen and paper out because I definitely know you're going to want to take some notes on today's show. Again, we're talking about possible alternatives, possible alternatives to uh, the list of water-soluble antibiotics that are going to be or turn into prescription only come seven, uh, 2017. So uh, you do a little potty break come back because we're going to get lots of really valuable information from our good friend Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor. We'll be back right after the short break. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Give the full a day directly into their water is all it takes for a stronger immune system. Introducing ePoultry, an all-natural, whey-based soluble that will help improve your flock's overall health. Made by farmers for farmers right here in the USA. ePoultry is a safe, all-natural way to give your birds the strong immune system they deserve. Learn more and purchase at www.eanimalproducts.com. That's www.eanimalproducts.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. 
Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. The Yard Bird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in less than 15 seconds. The compact size makes it easy to transport and easy to store. The one and a half horsepower motor and 20 inch stainless steel tub can handle two eight pound birds at the same time. There are no belts or pulleys to wear out and no adjustments necessary, which makes it virtually maintenance free. For more information about how you can own this must-have chicken processing product, visit YardBirdChickenPluckers.com today. That's YardBirdChickenPluckers.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky... You'll know it's Super Chicken. All righty. Thank you very much for staying with us today. Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. Our guest today, Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor. Again, if you're not familiar, go back and listen uh, a couple of shows ago, three or four shows ago. We had uh, poultry veterinarian Dr. Maurice Patiski on talking about this new uh, veterinary feed directive that's uh, been launched by the uh, FDA. New regulations, new laws take effect January 17 regarding a, a whole list of water-soluble antibiotics that really a, a lot of backyarders are accustomed to just walking into the store buying and walking out, and uh, they are, come January, going to be prescription only. And so Peter said, you know what, why don't we talk about some things they can do. Uh, maybe some of it can be preventative. Maybe some of it can be treatment uh, if, if, um, if they don't or if they choose not to uh, do the vet bill and get a relationship and want to go the prescription route. Uh, and so we're really fortunate to have him on, get that pen and paper out, and uh, we'll welcome Peter Brown. Peter, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing good, doing well. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, great information. I, I, you know, I think you're probably the best go-to guy for something like this. I know when, whenever I see anything, whether it be uh, for a human or a pet, under the uh, old oregano, uh, your name immediately pops in my mind and uh, what kind of luck you've had with that, both on the large turkey farm that you're dealing with and uh, over the years and, and the articles you've done for Chicken Whisper magazine on anything from vitamins and supplements and when to use them to the old oregano to uh, for cumin and, and just all kinds of things. Uh, so mm-hmm. I thought this would be a fabulous show for you to come on and talk about some things and some benefits we can get from this if uh, for some reason down the, uh, the, the line they choose or uh, decide not to go through the red tape to, to get an antibiotic. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to, uh, to point out here um, and part of the reason for, for doing this that um, I want people to at least try to understand that you can't just jump off of antibiotics if you if you've relied on antibiotics to keep your flock healthy <clears throat> over the years um and uh you know use them on any kind of regular basis um waiting till January of 2017 to jump off the antibiotic bandwagon and get onto a more 
uh, natural program or whatever other preventative method you decide to use uh, could end up being suicidal because it, it generally doesn't work that way. It takes time to make the transition from um, antibiotics to other methods of, of controlling um, disease uh, problems uh, within the flock. Um, so I put together in my mind a few things that I thought, you know, uh, and some of them we've talked about before, uh, because I'll be quite frank, there are not a ton of products out there uh, that a person can turn to that are going to be beneficial. Um, you know, um, there's only really a, a handful of, of, of products that have any kind of, of uh, a good paper trail that you can follow that, that are uh, uh, beneficial to everybody, and not every one of them is going to be accessible to people. Um, for instance, a lot of the things that are used in the commercial poultry industry at the present time um, while they are touted around in advertisements and other places as being uh, the go-to products, uh, in many cases they're not doing the job. Now, <clears throat> there is a distinct difference, uh, let me point this out as well, that there is a distinct difference between a backyard flock and a commercial flock, whether it be egg layers or, or broiler breeders or, or broiler chickens uh, or, or whichever. Uh, the degree of, of uh, disease uh, intensity on either f uh, farm uh, versus a, a backyard small flock holder situation uh, are totally different. Um, the exposure, the, the, uh, the virulence of, of pathogens on the, in the backyard setting small flock holder are not quite the same as they may be uh, in the uh, uh, commercial sector. Um, I, I have met over the last few months with some of my friends, uh, Dr. Batista up here at the laboratory, uh, uh, who runs the uh, the uh, big diagnostic laboratory up here in in uh, in, uh, in Delaware, and uh, we you know become friends over the years, rely on each other for different types of information that each has access to that the other may not, and uh, so we've developed that relationship over over the years. Uh, but not only him, other people within the industry, people that uh, I, I know uh, who uh, raise chickens, talk to them about what's going on in their flocks, what they're doing. Uh, I've got uh, several different ones that have uh, antibiotic-free flocks, and I've got others that are not antibiotic-free. And I think that, that what people have to understand is that certain uh, poultry companies are make, you know, making the transition have made it quite a while ago. They just didn't wake up yesterday and decide that, you know, the market wants antibiotic-free poultry. Um, mm -hmm. And let me clarify that just for a second, too, because it really irritates me, uh, these um, things that get kicked around. Uh, there is a huge difference between a bird that was raised an on antibiotics and having antibiotics show up in the bird you eat. It is illegal to have antibiotics show up in the birds you eat in the, in the, uh, in the supermarket. So people need to make that distinction. The people who are uh, on the animal welfare side, people who are, uh, you know, anti-everything, uh, anti-this, anti-that, they're the ones who keep spreading these these stories uh, about you know antibiotics being being in your in your poultry, and um, it's not allowed. It just isn't, and that's why they have withdrawal times, and those those are are kept uh, very strict. Uh, and um, 
to my knowledge, flocks are tested when they go into the, the processing plant by the attending veterinarian for the Department of Agriculture. And no producer, no uh, poultry company wants to take that risk of having, uh, you know, 100,000 chickens coming in off of, off of a farm uh, and have every one of them condemned uh, for dog food because of the of the antibiotic residue that that would be in a particular flock had they not had a withdrawal time, and um, so these things have to be taken into consideration. The other one that's worthy of throwing out there too, while we're at uh, this uh, particular thing, is the hormone thing. That is the biggest crock of nonsense that I've, I've heard in quite some time, and people push it. Uh, uh, Chipotle and Panera and uh, Boston Market uh, still pushing it and lying to the public because hormones haven't been allowed in chickens since the 50s. So uh, all of these things are used as marketing things to whip the public into a frenzy. Um, and I will say this. At the end of the day, uh, this is going to just continue to, to raise uh, uh, the the price level in, in the stores, uh, not only of, of chicken but beef and pork and turkey and everything else. Um, you know, because of all of this, and um, it's just another layer of of governmental, uh, in my opinion, nonsense. And uh, uh, you know, we already have the the safeguards in place. I don't know why we just can't follow them. But you know, they, they have they they think they know better than everybody else. And uh, you see where all of their wisdom has taken us over the last twenty twenty five years. But um, at any rate. It's coming, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, whether I believe in it or not. It's coming. Uh, it's uh, so people who want to adjust to life without antibiotics got about six months to make up their mind which direction they're going to go in, um, what they're going to do. Um, getting a the chances in most corners of the world here in the United States, getting a veterinarian to write a prescription uh, because see, here's the deal. He's not just allowed to write the prescription without seeing the animals. That's the, the caveat here. That's the problem. It's not like you walk in and say, "Hey, doc, I got a sick chicken there. I got a flock of sick chickens, and uh, you know this is what I think it is." And he says, "Okay, give him some Thailand," and he writes a prescription for you, and you walk out the door. Uh, that's not uh, legal. Uh, it may be done, but it's not legal. So uh, they've they've stipulated that as well. And this covers feed additives too, by the way. Um, uh, you know, a lot of uh, you, you go back in the archives and look at some of the shows we've done in years past where I've said that if people are interested in finding out if a poultry company is using a particular uh, antibiotic, uh, you need to ask, you know, you say, are you using this in the drinking water? And they say no, but they never told you they may be using it in the feed, you see. And so the government has uh, made it so now that uh, if you want to get – uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, in quail, uh, enteritis is a big deal for them. Okay, they get enteritis uh, just by looking at them, and uh, they always use uh, BMD best tracing. They put, they get it in the feed usually, or they get it in, in a water soluble form, and they put it in the water. Takes care of the problem. Problem solved. They no longer can do either one of those. <clears throat> the water soluble without a prescription from a veterinarian who has seen the flock, or a veterinary uh, feed directive from a veterinarian who has also looked at the flock. So all of those things are out the door. Um, I know that some of the poultry companies here um, have been unable to get certain farms to make the transition, uh, not that the owner didn't want to do it. The 
They just cannot be without the antibiotics on specific farms. Uh, and then depending on the company, that may be on any given week uh, a ratio of you know 85% uh, of them that are antibiotic-free, 15% of the flocks that are, are um, settling that week might be uh, ones that were raised on antibiotics because they just can't do it otherwise. Uh, some others have uh, better ratios, 80-20. Uh, I've heard, uh, you know, the uh, I've heard 70-30. Uh, I've also been told, um, uh, you know, by people in the know, people that, that deal with it every day. And I did not mention names because I don't want anybody to go back and said somebody said, but um, people that that do it for a living that are that are in the trenches, that it's not uncommon in some of these antibiotic-free houses that. Uh, uh, to walk in in the morning and you got you know 100 200 dead dead birds from enteritis or, or some other uh, disease, so it's going to create a lot of hardship on everybody. And I can tell you this, and I said this before too. You go back in the archives, dead birds don't pay bills, mm-hmm. and so all of this is going to lead to higher prices down the road, whether you like it or not. And then everybody's going to start getting a, the, the more you get the antibiotic free it's going to be at a premium you're going to pay more for it irregardless even if it didn't cost more at the end of the day you're still going to pay more just like organic and um so i thought it's worth throwing that kind of stuff out there just so people understand it but you need to make the transition now if you're going to uh try to get this thing under control uh, i know some people that can do it real easy because their operations are top-notch they're clean uh the birds have always been healthy, and, and uh, they're, they're not going to uh, blink an eye doing this. But I also know a ton of people that are going to have a lot of difficulty. So uh, making this transition from the antibiotics um, uh, to a, uh, a non-antibiotic uh, approach uh, is going to be a rude awakening for a whole lot of folks. And um, so that's the whole crux of the idea of this, of this uh, uh, program today. And um, so... Start making the transition now. Start making a plan. Get your pencil and pad out. Not just what I have to say here. Think about what's doable for you. Because everything I say uh, you may not be able to do. Some things I say you may be able to do. And take those parts that you can do and fit them into your program, but start it now. Weather's coming good all across the country now. We're getting out of this, hopefully, this rainy season that we've been in over here. We've been inundated with rain the last two or three weeks just every day. And um, but now we've got some decent temperatures and some sunshine, so it's time to clean out these chicken coops, and get rid of all the old litter, leave no stone unturned, uh, get a shop vac if you have to, and suck out everything, all the cobwebs, all the junk in the corners, um, and then you know get a, a good uh, disinfectant, uh, activated oxine if you like, uh, Vercon S are two good ones that I would highly recommend, um, and. Um, Wash that coop down from top to bottom. Leave every little nook and cranny. Wash it out. Clean it out, uh, and get it you know get it pristine inside. Uh, put good clean bedding back inside. Uh, treat for mites. Uh, once the, the building dries uh, pretty good, uh, I think the the best shot you've got is a 10% permethrin. Lay it down on the walls thick as 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 you can. Uh, let it cascade down the walls. Uh, into every nook and cranny behind every 2 by 4 that's attached to a wall. Take them off if you can. My coop's designed that way so that uh, we use the plastic 2 by 4s and plastic roofs. So I take it all down and take it out in the yard and, and uh, give it a good scrub down and get all the manure off and everything else. 
but do all of these things. Get moving on it now, and, and you know, it'll pay off for you later because when, when cold weather comes and you start to, you know, pen these birds up and tighten up the uh, buildings and the air inside is not as uh, great as you might want it to be, um, that's when it's going to hit home and you're going to turn and there's not going to be any antibiotics. There'll be some around for a while. We all know that. But uh, it'll tighten up and tighten up and tighten up, and as that supply tightens up, so will the prices tighten up, trust me. Okay? And um, you're, we're already starting to see that all across the board. But So, so get that coop, get it cleaned out, um, get a rodent control program in place, okay? Uh, I don't care how you do it, where you do it. Uh, it's pretty simple stuff. Um, you can uh, take a piece of a uh, one-by-four uh, board, cut off about two, two-and-a-half feet of it, put a caddy corner on, on a, up against the wall so that it forms a triangle, put a screw in the middle of it to hold it in place, and put your bait behind that, remembering not to touch the bait with your hands so that you don't leave a human scent behind. Uh, and you've got a, a place for them to go and, and grab that food that's away from the chickens. Uh, and, you know, look, people say all the time, well, what about if my chicken eats it, and what about if they bring some of the feed out? That's your job to, to, to uh, it's like watching children. It's your job to make sure that they don't get that. It's your job to make sure that there are no dead rodents laying around. It's your job to make sure that they didn't pull any of that, that uh, rat bait out from behind that piece of two-by-four. And that's one of the reasons why you make it two, two, two and a uh, half feet long. Okay, It's cheap. You can get them at Lowe's. You can get the lowest uh, quality. It doesn't have to be high quality. You can use any scrap you have. Put them all over the place and put them where rodents are going to go. Rodents are going to go up against the wall. They're not going to be running out in the middle of the uh, of the floor, as a general rule, uh, doing the jig. They're just not going to. They're going to be running up and down the walls, uh, over by your feed bin and where the feeders are. Uh, and do yourself a favor. Pick your feeders up at night if you can. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, keep clean around the feeder. Don't let it get moldy and, and, and uh, don't let it get nasty and everything. It's time to, to for people that, that, you know, have not done a good job of taking care of their premise to to get on it and get moving and, and get these things done and now's the time uh, because it's just it's just going to get worse you know day in day out um, if you want to use the 10 percent permethrin that's fine you can also use the elector uh, which is a um, a, a newer uh, insecticide uh, uh, made with spinosad uh, you would know it as comfortus and with if something to give to your dog or cat uh, the nice thing about it, it, it doesn't uh, build the uh, insecticidal resistance that some of the other things already have done, uh, although uh, uh, it, it is a little on the pricey side, uh, but it, it does a really good job. And uh, so you can use those uh, to, um, to to clean up. If you want to put some uh, diatomaceous earth uh, in your litter, that's fine. Uh, if you want to put a box in there for the uh, birds to uh, to go through and do that as well, I don't have a problem with it. Whatever works for your premise, the thing is to to get moving, get a plan, and get moving on it and execute that plan. And the better the plan you have and the better you execute it, the less trouble you're going to have down the road. It's really, really simple. This is not rocket science, any of it. Um, but if you maintain your, your, your flock in a healthy, uh, uh, the healthiest position that you can, uh, you'll ward off a whole lot of problems down the road. And we've talked about this numerous times, about um, you know, being preventive, getting ahead of the game. It's like changing oil in your car, you know, uh, the alignment in your front end of your car. You know, if you want your tires to last 60,000 miles, you don't have to spend money on an alignment. If not, 25,000 miles, you've got to put new tires on because they're going to be bald. Not, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you look at them right down the middle, and you say, "Gee, they got plenty of tread there, but they got nothing on the corners." So, yeah. um, you know, 
And you know, and know where you're getting your litter from. Buy it from a reputable source, some place where you can go back to if there's a problem. Make sure you're using something that's dry. Um, a lot of of the problems that are associated with uh, poultry diseases uh, can be controlled much better if you are a much better manager of the litter. Okay, uh, coccidiosis, the the most misunderstood the most prolific disease that there is in poultry, bar none, whether it's commercial or backyard, okay? I'm still getting people who can't raise chickens because they die from coccidiosis. So unnecessary. But managing the bird, the gut, and managing that litter will go a long way in keeping this off your doorstep because, you know, just think, you're going to be able to get Amprol, you're going to be able to get Cord, no problem but you're not going to be able to get sulfadimethoxine. You're not going to be able to get sulmut in either powder or liquid without a prescription. And for those that have problems where they've not been able to get by with just the Amprol or the Cord, you're going to find yourself between a rock and a hard spot real quick. Mm -hmm. If birds get bloody coccidiosis, what are you going to do? You're either going to go to a vet and hope that he's going to help you and hope that he's going to write that script, and if he doesn't have it, now you've got to wait and to find somebody that can take that script because not everybody's going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, planning now is going to make a big difference in how many birds you're going to end up having that are healthy or salvageable at the end of the day because I get calls every day, every day, from people who have bloody coccidiosis or can't figure out why they can't keep uh, chicks alive past three and four weeks of age and stuff, and, and it's very, very simple and so unnecessary. So how you manage that litter um, is going to go a long way uh, in uh, in helping you get where you need to go uh, in making this transition from uh, antibiotics uh, to no antibiotics. You know, we've all relied on these things over the years. And um, I will throw this out there, a little plug. Uh, sulfadimethoxine just came back on uh, in, in stock extremely limited supply so if you're interested in it you can go to the website and pick it up it's available um, for how much longer I don't know the source where I got it um, is out of it already so the, it's just what I've got and that's about it um, it does have a good date March of 2018 so if you bought it today it'll it'll hang around for, for a long time but it is available um, you also wanna, we last time I talked no, go ahead. you were out that you were totally out of that the last time you yeah, were on the show. Yeah, that's been out of stock. That's been out of stock for over a year, and actually we had to remove it from the uh, the um, uh, poultry health kit, and um, we replaced it actually with uh, Denigard, small amount of Denigard to get people started and that kind of thing. But uh, uh, of course we can't use that name, but that's what we put in there. And uh, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's just come back on, and you know uh, how long it'll be around and available, and when there'll be some more of it available, I don't know, but uh, uh, I know that I was able to get my hands on a reasonable amount of it, and um, probably will have enough here to go through the next two or three weeks, and that's about it. And um, so you know you want to manage the other thing you want to manage, and I, I I recommend this highly to everybody. We do it here at our place. You've often heard me talk about our geriatric flock um, and how, you know, we, we really don't do anything for them. Um, I don't even use oil of oregano on my own birds because I don't need it. These birds uh, go through uh, every day uh, on their own 
with plenty of uh, good food. Uh, and I always use this uh, uh, as an explanation as well. All they can eat and waste, because they do waste plenty. But we give them plenty uh, of food. I don't mind wasting a little bit. Um, and we give them plenty of feeder space, because I have mostly roosters. You know, I think it's eight roosters, four hens, nine roosters, three hens, that range, 12 birds total. I, I know that much. And then one duck who's scared to death of everybody. And, um, you know, they are very healthy. And they're, they're old. They're not young birds. And, uh, you know, they get plenty of fresh water every day. I know people uh, uh, that uh, don't change their water but every two or three days. And I ask you uh, if you would want to drink that water after two or three days. Do you want to take a glass of water? and put it on your counter in your home, and then after three days, do you want to drink it? Most of us don't. I don't. I don't care if it's been in my home where I know what's going on. I don't don't want to drink it after three days of sitting on the counter. So by doing these things, you really help yourself. You help your birds. Uh, you want to keep their stress level down because all of these things are going to make a big difference, especially now that the antibiotic thing is coming full steam ahead. There's no stopping it. This is This, this train is moving. And it's it's already out of the station, so it's uh, it's just a matter of time. But by keeping them uh, in a situation where you're keeping the uh, the stress levels down, uh, you're allowing their immune system f- to function at uh, uh, almost 100% capacity. Uh, keeping their gut healthy, you're allowing the mucus coating that the uh, intestinal tract produces to protect that gut, and it's their first line of defense, their forages. That's what, that's what it does. It, 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 it is the first line of defense for pathogens that they may pick up on the ground. So it makes sense to keep that uh, gut healthy. And one of the ways of doing it is by managing that litter, and the other way of doing it is by managing the stress level of the birds. We have plenty of room for birds. My coop is way bigger. When I built it, I don't know what I was thinking, but it's paid off in the end by having a, a, a large space for 12 birds um, and having an outside area for them. There's two different areas that are connected uh, by a gate, and the gate's always open, so they can always go through from one side to the other and get away from each other if somebody's being a jackass. And that happens every now and then. We have one uh, juvenile rooster who's four years old who's just coming into his own, and he thinks he's the big deal. And there's one older male in there, about 11 years old, that doesn't think so. And um, so we've, you know, we've had to take that into account and uh, uh, and manage that. And one of the ways we've managed it is to separate the youngster from the oldster until they uh, uh, decide that they're going to you know, be friends. But we've taken that stress out of the picture, and uh, it keeps everybody healthy. And it's this, this part of it is nothing that we haven't talked about before, but it's good to bring it up because this is the time. This is the time now that you want to you want to do these things. If you didn't do it before, you thought it was hooey before. You you better get on this bandwagon, okay? I mean, to me, it's extremely important. The other thing is a biosecurity program. You know, we've talked that to death. Uh, Bridget's talked it to death. Um, it's an important part of your program. It's an important part of this now, even more so than it's ever been before, because now you don't have the tools uh, in your toolbox readily available. Uh, to take care of things that may come along. So it just makes good sense. If you didn't think it was good sense before, it does make good sense now. Okay? And, you know, part of that biosecurity thing is good foot baths that, uh, with good, clean uh, disinfectant in them that uh, it gets changed. 
on a regular basis rather than letting it sit there and, and dry out in the sun and, and there's no, nothing in it or there's a, a quarter of an inch of liquid in the bottom and, and half an inch of, of, of junk. So you want to keep that uh, uh, under control. You want to keep the rodents under control. You want to keep out free-flying birds as well as, as you can. Like I said in, in, in programs past, we feed our birds out front. And we rarely, I've never seen a bird in the coop, never, okay, because they're out front eating. There's no need for them to come back in the back. And we're doing the same thing with the squirrels now. Very few squirrels, never seen a squirrel at the feeder for the chickens, never seen a squirrel right in their yard. I've seen them run along the top of the fence to get up into another tree, but I've never seen them in there with them, okay? And part of that's because they get their food out front too. And it makes it's made all the difference in the world. So if you you know if you're one of those people, you know like us that likes the birds, or like the cardinals, the hummingbirds, and all the rest of them that come around, we've taken the steps to to make it so that they they don't co-mingle. And um, I'll tell you another thing that we've got that we put up, and um, uh, Frank makes them over at um, uh, Chicken Fountain, and uh, mm-hmm. we, we've got that little uh, pop hole door deal that he he makes. Uh, we've always had a pop hole door, but uh, he's got that one with the real heavy-duty plastic strips that you hang. And so if birds are a problem, this is pretty cool because it hangs down straight. You teach the birds how to go through it, which took ours about two days, and they got the hang of it, okay, not afraid of it. And uh, you close the big door, leave the little door open, and it's got that those strips like you would see in a, in a meat cooler or a frozen food cooler where the forklift comes through those plastic uh, hanging strips. And Frank's got them over there. I've got a few here. I think they're on the website. Like 30 bucks comes completes an aluminum frame at the top, bolts and everything, bolt it right to the wall, forget about it. And it's been one of the best investments uh, that I've made, uh, you know, amongst other things, but certainly at the top of the list. So you can go to his website, you can go to mine and buy it. Uh, that'll help you gain control of birds being in, in the coop because they're not going to be able to generally get in, especially the smaller birds, okay, which are the, usually uh, the, the problem. Uh, you want to take care of traffic control in your coop? Nobody in. Nobody comes in my coop. Nobody. I got a dear friend of mine uh, who takes care of a lot of things for me, business-wise, computer-wise, and everything else. And uh, he comes here to the house, but he never goes in my coop. Okay. And not only that, he's got about a, a, a eight or ten chickens of his own. Never comes in my coop. And uh, nobody else does either. My grandchildren don't. They look over the fence. They just don't want it. So. Um, then all of the other things that you use in the coop, you want to get in the habit of cleaning them up. Change the broom every now and then. Don't let it get so nasty that it's carrying every German on the universe on it. Um, you know, your shovel, your rake, whatever, your wheelbarrow, wash it up. Can disinfect it. Disinfect the wheels and everything else. And don't be carrying stuff, you know, from, from outside the coop and outside the run into the, into the run. So all of these things are important. These are things you can do. Um, if you've got a big piece of property with some big standing water on it, Try to eliminate it, fill it in. Uh, that way, you don't uh, possibly attract any waterfowl that may be around in the area, uh, and further, uh, you know, put your flock at, at risk. So you want to make sure that you're doing your biosecurity. You want to make sure you clean up the facility. So after you get all these things in place, what does that leave you to do as preventive? Because almost everything that you'll be able to do after this point will be more of a preventative than a than a actual treatment. And there comes the rub with most people, spending money every day on those chickens. And uh, it's a decision that you're going to have to make sooner or later. 
And, um, you know, we've all talked about the oil of oregano. Um, the oil of oregano, using it on a daily basis, boils down to you spending about 25 cents per gallon of water. Okay? Mm-hmm. Way less than your latte at uh, at uh, the coffee shop where your two bottle, $2 bottle of water, and I realize everybody doesn't do all of this stuff. I'm just throwing that out there to give you an example. Um, but the amount of people that have wised up to the oil of oregano, besides the turkey farmer that I have who is now entering, I believe, his fifth season with it, who uh, told me three weeks ago when I brought him his uh, uh, year supply of this stuff, that uh, he's had the best feed conversion that he has ever had, ever. Plus, the mortality is almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. And um, no blackhead, no mortality, more birds to sell, more meat per bird. So, I mean, it's just it's just phenomenal. I've got people all over the place uh, that are recognizing now, you know, that, that this oil of oregano is a good product. But like everything else, if you don't use it on a regular basis and you wait till you've got a full-blown problem, probably not going to help very much. It's too late. It's not like an antibiotic. And I don't care what other people say and you read about all these other things. And, um, n- you know, none of it's been proved like this one. I can tell you that. And um, is what I do very scientific? Maybe not. But the cause and effect is there. And nobody, nobody, is going to use a product and spend their money on it that they aren't seeing some benefit from. Okay? I shipped some down to a fellow down in Texas a while back, and I just had a conversation with him yesterday, and he said that he could not believe the difference in the droppings of the birds that are on it versus the birds that are not on it. The birds that are on, on this stuff, the droppings are tighter, drier, and larger than the birds that are not on it. And he feels that he can see some, and he's only been on it about 10 days, and he can see some improvement in the overall appearance of the bird, the color of those birds versus the birds that are not on it. But it's all about good gut health, because that's all this whole conversation is going to end up being about, because that's the only thing you're going to be able to do, is take care of the gut where about 60% of the bird's immune cells lie. If you take care of that gut, you are going to have birds that are healthy. You can do it in a number of ways. Don't like oil of oregano? Go to the turmeric. Use it every day, mm-hmm. though. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. And just get yourself a little, get the, uh, the turmeric, put it in a, a shaker bottle, and just shake enough over top of their feed once a day. Make sure everybody gets some. And just put enough on so they'll eat it. Put too much on, they'll back away from it. Then just mix in some more feed with it. All natural, but not cheap either. Not cheap either. Every time I go to buy it, I have to spend more money for it. When I first started doing this show, I'll give you an example. When I first started doing this show, what, five, six years ago, Andy, somewhere in that range? Yeah, probably, yeah. Well, Pat Foreman, I know, was on as well, and she remarked at the fact that I was selling a pound of of the uh, uh, turmeric at that point for six ninety five. It's like twelve ninety five now. Right. And that's not profit. That's just keeps going up and up and up every time I go back to buy it. So that's something you can do. Probiotics, we've talked that to death, uh, but you can't go wrong with a good probiotic in the drinking water. Um, and um, that's something that is uh, relatively inexpensive uh, to do for the most part. Um, I've had numerous people, um, uh, and I'm trying to remember the fellow's name, 
gal's name up in Alaska. They listened to this show and and uh, sent me a, a message uh, about the fact that uh, you know they they like they like the show and they like the probiotic as well. So um, you know it, it's a matter of what you want to do. If you want to wait around and you think that you're going to be able to dodge the bullet, then so be it. But this show is about trying to help you improve your flock, uh, make it a healthier flock. At the end of the day, spend less money, really, when you come right down to it. I can't tell you how many people I've helped who got on a vaccination program for certain diseases. Once they got the, the vaccination program rolling and they got the, uh, the you know, got the whole, got, went through a cycle or so with it, stop buying antibiotics because they don't need them anymore. So the next step for most people will be vaccination, whether that's for Marix, laryngotracheitis, uh, coccidiosis, vaccines available. It's not for everybody. You have to, again, be a manager. If you're not a good manager, you don't need it because it'll only cause you grief. Um, and the other one is mycoplasma. And uh, I urge people, and I said this time in, time out, say it again. You need to get to a point where you find out what you have in your flock so that you can manage it efficiently and manage it correctly. And once you're doing those things, you'll be surprised. The bird's immune system's up and running real good. It can fight off some of the uh, these pathogens on its own. Um, but you, you, there is not much in the arsenal of in a, in a natural way. I know people will talk about a whole bunch of other stuff that's been unproven, but we're talking about stuff that has been proven, that does work, and we know it works. And um, you know it. You know, another one people can use uh, is uh, acidified copper sulfate. It's cheap and expensive. Can't use it long term, but you can use it. So you can you can rotate these products around. Um, you know, there's more stuff in the pipeline. There are certain things that you can only get um, at the moment in a feed additive. Uh, you know, one of them is a um, uh, uh, what's that stuff called? Jeez. Uh, it's called MOS, M-O-S, and it's a um, used to enhance um, um, intestinal health. So it's another one you can you can get. Certain feed manufacturers include it; others don't. So you you know the, the, the time to look for these things is now, and 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 find out. Uh, who's got what, what you're going to use, get that program in place, whether it be vaccination med- uh, or, or, or um, uh, medication up until the end uh, or using these uh, natural products and getting on a program and getting in place, uh, the cleanup. If folks need help with it, just give me a call and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll try to give you a hand, uh, you know, getting these things uh, put in place. But, um, you know, citric acid is another one you can use. Uh, you can use it more long-term than you can the acidified copper sulfate. Um, these, uh, there are enzymes available. Um, and, again, most of the enzymes are going to go in the feed. So then you've got to find somebody that, that's, that's got those um, and, and uh, you know, be able to, uh, to do something with you there. But um, the... Uh, Trying to think of what this moss thing is. It's a hmm. Well, doesn't really matter. <laughs> I guess I should have wrote it down. <laughs> but okay, I don't right. usually work. Uh, it's a oleo. Uh, uh, 
glycoside or something like that. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Really, really immaterial at the end of the day. It really doesn't matter. Uh, the, the fact is that it that it does work, and it works by um, keeping the uh, bad guys from sticking to the or or setting up shop on the intestinal wall. Um, and there's some people that you know don't think it works as good as it should, and this and that and the other thing. But you're going to find that with these natural products, you'll find people uh, poo-pooing it uh, at every turn that you go at. Um, I just say that now's the time to get a program in place. Um, these are the things you can use. Um, you know, if you if you feel apple cider vinegar is good for you, then go for it. Just just use it. But you're going to have to pretty much use it every day. Um, I don't believe in in my line of work that I've seen apple cider vinegar uh, after the fact solve a whole lot. And um, again, you you know these things don't stay in the body. There's no residual to them. You know, uh, 24 hours or less, whatever you're using after you stop using it, it's going to be gone. It's not like uh, it's going to be hanging around in the body doing some good. Uh, most antibiotics don't even do that. Most antibiotics have a very short half life. Uh, which means the amount of time that it's going to be in the bird's body in a, in a uh, uh, concentration that's going to be there to uh, to really do anything. And that's been part of the rub with antibiotics from the get-go, people not using them for, um, you know, a specified period of time. And if you got a minute, pretty much done, unless you've got questions, but I, I want to throw this out there. This goes to, your, to a degree to your chicken poop deal, and I think yeah, you'll find yeah. it... Uh, I, you'll find it very interesting. So I get a call from a, uh, an individual uh, yesterday um, who has done business with me on and off and, um, you know, called me, and, and uh, most people call me Doc, and I'm okay with it. I, I quit trying to explain it years ago. And uh, so, you know, he said, you know, Doc, I got a problem. I said, what's the problem? He said, I got a, a pen down there. He said, I got 500 chickens in it. And he said, I got uh, – they're 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 paralyzed. They're laying on their side and everything else. So I said, well, what have you done? He said, well, you know, I had some snotty noses and I used, you know, uh, some some LS50 and help, but didn't take it where I wanted to. And then I used some gallomycin and he said, you know, got a little bit better, but you know, and I I know for a fact didn't use them for the specified period of time. So I'm I'm trying to point this to what we're talking about about antibiotic resistance as well, and the stupidity of not finding out all the facts before you jump off the bridge. Okay, so I said okay, uh, and then he said he used some Oxytet, and I'd only talked to him uh, about a week or so prior to that about vaccines and stuff. Okay, so anyway, I'm trying to pull more information out of him. So I'm trying to figure. I said, "Geez, what's going through this flock?" Because I'm figuring something wacko. Okay. So he said, "I think it's my feed." I said, "Well, how could it be your feed?" I said, uh, "You know." I said, don't you buy feed at the feed store? Well, no, I have it mixed. So I said, oh. So I said, what are you using for a coccidiostat? So he said, Coban. I said, what? He said, yeah, I said, it works good. I've been using it for three years. So I said, okay. I said, so that shouldn't interfere with these other three antibiotics. I said, if you took the LS50, the, the, you know, the, uh, uh, gallomycin and the oxytet, put them all together in the same gallon of water and gave it to the birds, I said, wouldn't be any big deal. You know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but I said there, there shouldn't be any tragic consequences to it. Maybe they wouldn't like it, maybe they won't drink enough of it, but that's be about it. 
So, you know, I went online, he said, and I was talking to a few different people, and, and uh, you know, they said uh, they were all having success with Denegard. I said, you're kidding me. I said, do you use Denegard? He said, yeah. I said, it says right on the bottom not to use an ionophore coccidiostat, mm-hmm. even in pigs. It's toxic. So he said, oh, geez. He said, well, I got another pen acting weird. And I said, they get it too? He said, yeah. I said, how many is in that pen? He said, about 400. I said, you've got about 900 dead birds here before long. So there you go for your chicken poop deal. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he went online because somebody said it and somebody else. But see, so he didn't check all of the boxes and find out what everybody else was doing, you see. You see, yep. before I yep. jumped off the bridge yesterday, I didn't tell you I had a tether wrapped around me, did I? <laughs> but, but you just went and jumped, you see. So that's the moral of that story. But um, uh, I'll have more as we go along. I'm investigating some different products too early to tell uh, at this point in time. So as we mm-hmm. venture out into the uh, unknown here with the uh, antibiotic-free uh, society that we're going to become, um, I'll pass on you know in another show uh any additional information okay. that I have about other products that you know may be beneficial, but um, there isn't any question in my mind that that people need to take control and do it now, uh, not wait until the end, because uh, none of us know how much of this stuff we're going to be able to have or even continue having after the fact, and uh, all of that remains to be seen, and uh, so um, and even if we do have antibiotics to sell anybody. Uh, they are going to be much pricier than they are now. There is any question about that. So yeah, um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And tell them again um, the um, the product that just came back in that you do have that's been scarce lately, and tell them how they can get in touch with you yeah. to get that. It's the self dimethoxine. You can go to the website um, uh, www.first spelled out state vet v e t supply dot com. Just look for water-soluble antibiotics. You'll find it there. Uh, it's got a real good date on it. And, uh, uh, you know, along with the all oregano, if you want, it's there. The turmeric's there. Uh, we carry all of it. I've been on that bandwagon for way before anybody ever got popular with it. Uh, the probiotic is there. Um, the copper sulfate I sell, it's there. Uh, so, you know, we, we do have, uh, you know, all of that uh, arsenal of things available to people. Um, and it's their choice. I'm not trying to hear trying to twist anybody's arm. This is the way it's going to be. You don't have a lot of choices now. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you can also load up on antibiotics if that's your choice, but eventually that's going to come to an end, too. And then you still got right. Yeah, you're still going to have to do something, you know. That's my point. And my whole idea of mentioning this to you, Andy, uh, when we, you know, talked in an email and whatever, was, you know, to try to get some information out there. Uh, maybe people were looking for more uh, than what I've given them, but this is all there is. And I think that's part of what I want people to know. This is it. And, uh, you know, unless something magic comes down the line, but I've seen a lot of junk out there that, uh, uh, you know, there, and there are other oil of oreganos out there, uh, but every one of them is watered down. None of them is concentrated as, as what I have. Mine, you're going to use six-tenths of a cc for a gallon of water, six-tenths. The others are all up at 30 cc's of their liquid per gallon of water, so they're way way diluted. 
you're go, you're buying and, and they're going to charge you for that quart bottle of thir- where you got to use 30 cc's. They're going to charge you 30 or 40 dollars. I'm only going to charge you 25 bucks. You're going to do 100 gallons of water within a very effective product, very effective. Perfect. And I say that from a position of strength because of all the people that have used it. I still have the, this fellow, Alan Eastep. We've just become friends over the years. He's over in the Valley in Virginia, over in Broadway, Virginia. I have permission to use his name and, and where he's located. And uh, he's got some of the best, you know, speckled Sussex in the in the country. He's online on Facebook. You can befriend him. It's E-S-T-E-P. Ask him what he thinks about oil of oregano. He doesn't buy it free from me. He can get it free. He pays for it just like everybody else. But he'll tell you he's got a flock of several flocks of birds over there that have never seen an antibiotic, never been sick, never. Speaks for itself. You know, is it is it the cure all end all? No, but it's a heck of a start. You know, when you're not going to be able to have anything, and that's where we're headed. There are a lot of, so there are a lot of commercial big big wigs. There are a lot of commercial big dogs and a lot of commercial big wigs that have started implementing the uh, all of oregano. Uh, in, yep. in place of antibiotics. I mean, big name producers. Yep. And as a matter of fact, just you know, I am technically an agent for the company that I buy from for the oil of oregano, and um, I've had somebody contact me here yesterday in relation to me setting up a meeting with them and their uh, technical staff. Uh, they're very much interested in this product. Um, I. It's not a home run for me. It's not like I'm the one going to sell it. They'll, they'll buy direct, and that's fine with me. I'll get a stipend of some sort, which I really don't even care that much. Uh, but it's not it's not a big deal for me. But uh, the the issue is that, yeah, they are looking at it, and they are looking at, at alternatives. Um, and veterinarians are getting mad from a standpoint of not being able to do their job, you know, uh, you know, when they all went to school, this is this is what it was, and there's a lot of uh, dissent around about this whole thing. So, I don't think we'll see it go back to the way it was, but uh, they didn't make any provision for the backyard small flock holder at all. No, and nope. uh, no. we're we're all caught up in it, and um, uh, it remains to be seen exactly where it's all going to head at the end of the day. But um, I think that. Uh, Anybody has any questions, they can get me, uh, you know, at chickendr at firststatevetsupply.com. That's my personal email. And, you know, if have any questions or, or whatever, we'll try to give me the. You can also go and get the uh, uh, the consultation. Uh, if they want me to set up a total program for them, I can do that. 25 bucks, it's worth it. Um, and, you know, go from there. Absolutely. Good deal, Doc. I appreciate you coming on as always. Um, great information for everybody to have every, from beginning from biosecurity, cleanliness, all of that stuff, and, and prevention, and then uh, the other additives that we can uh, use. And if you want to read more about uh, what Peter Brown has done, uh, you can go to our magazine. He's he's written a bunch of articles for us on this exact topic: old oregano, the uh, vitamins, electrolytes, different things like that. ChickenWhisperMagazine.com. You can read every single issue for free there. Uh, and I encourage you to do so. Peter, thanks for joining us today. Have a wonderful holiday weekend. Okay, you too, Andy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great information. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. 
I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. Or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Strombergs family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. Want to protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster? Nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and large fowl hens. They also come in several different styles and colors. Give your hens the protection they deserve by purchasing Hen Saver Hen Aprons today. 100% of all proceeds goes to provide care to rescued animals at Crazy K Farm in Hempstead, Texas. Purchase your Hen Saver Hen Aprons at Hensaver.com. That's Hensaver.com. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. All right, thank you very much for uh, staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Great show uh, with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor. If you missed his email, if you have questions, chickendr for doctor, chickendr at 
vetsupply.com. And uh, he's also got a great uh, program, consultation, fabulous information. And he's been doing this for over 50 years. He um, great, great reputation in, in the showbird industry uh, and just uh, really all across the country. So you can't go wrong with that. So, uh, hey, be on the lookout for the new summer edition. Uh, summer issue of Chicken Whisperer magazine that's going to be coming out here in the next couple of weeks uh, to your email if you subscribe to the digital edition, to your mailbox if you subscribe to the print edition, it'll be headed your way and if you missed the announcement at the beginning of the show, I'm very excited to have signed a double book deal uh, and uh, it's going to be great a second edition, an official second edition um, and a second edition printing of my current book it has its five year birthday this September so we are due some stuff will be removed some stuff will be added maybe some more chapters too one's play maybe on biosecurity and um, so we're looking at doing that for a 2017 spring release and then a brand new book very excited uh, fact or chicken poop and that, that website's just become tremendously popular thousands and thousands of hits every month fact or chickenpoop.com. And if you don't know about it, this is where we take statements made on popular chicken blogs and chicken forums. We send those statements to true experts in their field, poultry scientists, poultry professors, poultry veterinarians, and we say, hey, research this a little bit and see if there's any proof at all on the planet that shows this statement is either fact or chicken poop because there's just so much out there, uh, like doctor, uh, the, uh, the chicken doctor I talked about. So it's, um, it's, 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 I'm really excited about the book, let me put it that way. So um, we already have the website. Now there's going to be a book to follow it up. How cool is that? Hey, guys, have a great holiday weekend with family and friends. Remember what the holiday is all about. We'll return next Tuesday and Thursday, and uh, we hope you can join us then. God bless everybody. <laughs> Bye. Uh-huh.